everybody, what's happening is Wednesday, and you know what Wednesday means. That means it's another episode of Snipes and Stripes right here on NoFilter.net. My great co-host and somebody who is feeling a little bit frisky this week, my buddy Tim Beal. What's up, Tim? Welcome to Wednesday, another edition of Snipes and Stripes. How are we doing tonight? I'm awesome, buddy. I'm ready to go. We're going to have a great show, and uh, it's always good to see your handsome face. Oh, thank you very much. Well, unfortunately, I do not have my whiskey. I'm in Germany right now uh, doing the show live from my daughter's house in Germany, but I do have a glass of wine to my whiskey, Whiskey in the Wild. You can find it at whiskeyinthewild.com. is a happy sponsor of Snipes and Stripes right here in No Filter. And our great friends at Bet Online, and I'm sure you have a nice message from Bet Online for all of our viewers, but they've been a great sponsor for us so far this year. They have, JR. The holiday season is off and rolling with NFL in full stride and the NBA and NHL hitting midseason form. Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sporting wagering info with up to the minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Bet online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. And not just the big four. Bet online has info available at your fingertips with both, both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that is played. From MMA to international soccer. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use promo code Believe B-L-E-A-V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Because guess what? Bet online is where the game starts, buddy. Thank you to Bet Online. It is where the game starts, but the game starts also right here in the first segment of Snipes and Stripes tonight. Because I have to know what the hell you were eating last night that got you all fired up. Because finally, it's not me who's in trouble with the media. Finally, it's not me barking at the media, but it's good old Tim Peel barking at the media, getting into a Twitter war with with uh, with a certain somebody. And it seemed to be going. It seemed to go viral last night. Over three million views over your little squabble. Gives, what happened? Yeah. No. It's. Uh... <laughs> Uh, for years, the, the media is always, you know, I, I would like to think that you and I are always going to have the players' backs. And I find that the media can be so negative towards certain players in certain, no. yeah, in certain parts of the country. And this journalist asked Connor McDavid, would you rather win 4-1 or 7-5? Well, of course you'd want to win 4-1. You know, keep, it, it was an asinine question. I retweeted somebody else's tweet. I didn't include the, the reporter's name. I didn't even know who asked the question. And all of a sudden, I got a message, a DM on, on Twitter, and basically mother-effing me and saying I was a horseshit ref and just went after me. And I was like, whoa, hold on now. You've been you've been in this business for however many years. You're able to criticize you've criticized the officials your entire career, and a lot of other journalists. You've been, you've criticized players, but all of a sudden now, if you get asked or you get called out for a question that really was stupid at the end of the day, you go you throw a hissy fit, and you're that sensitive that you can't handle the criticism. I've been taking criticism my whole life, and all of a sudden, you can't handle it. The media are a bunch of babies. They're a bunch of babies. You can't say anything bad about them. Oh, they're the ones that promote the game. We're the ones that put you in the paper. We're the ones that promote you. We're watching. We, you should be nice to us. We can never do any wrong. It, it's a bunch of BS, okay, because all they try to do is create a story or write something negative or create negative negative energy to try to get somebody to read their columns. And a lot of times it happened with you. Look what that guy did on Puck, Puck the, the Aaron guy on Painter. And he, he writes a stupid headline to get people to come in to read his stupid article, which is 100% false. And by the way, you're dumb enough as a reporter to ask the best player in the world, Conor McDavid, who has probably has the most competitive edge, who is frustrated enough as it is that they're losing a question about winning four, one or seven, five. I mean, these guys, they think they know the game. They think they right. know the game. 
just like Greg was 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 Nisky was Nushki was this I can't even say his name. Yeah, I can't even say his name because I don't even want to say his name because I put him out of my head because when I told him that he never played the game, he went batshit crazy. Yeah. And literally had a conniption and then starts to rip me every single time that he possibly can. Wazinski, Greg Wazinski, that's his name. Yeah. And then you know, you have Larry Brooks in New York who writes negative things. You, I don't know if you know you saw that rant that Dan Boyle went on on I, I guess about Larry Brooks. I mean no. it was so just listen, I'll let you finish, but it's about time somebody else beside me went after some of these media guys. Now, listen, there's been some great media guys like Kevin Allen, Tim Sassone in Chicago was yeah, one of the Tim Panaccio is a good way. He goes, he goes, he goes, he goes bad and he goes good, but he's a fair reporter. Right. But nothing like this guy. Nothing and like I was, this. And I was gonna say that. I'm glad you, you mentioned it because I was gonna say that this isn't everybody. We, 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 you and I have a lot of friends in the me, in the media, whether it's on TV, whether it's print, whatever. We have a lot of friends. All that I simply said was I thought didn't think to your point about Connor McDavid. They just lost the game to Florida five three. I watched that entire game because I wanted to see Matthew Kachuk and Connor McDavid play. Connor had two goals, scored in a penalty shot, played unbelievable, and now he gets asked this question after. So it's it's unfortunate. Yeah. But it kind of it, it it's they the media wants bad uh, they want to create this it, it 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 can't be good all the time because if it's good all the time it doesn't sell. I had an incident a year ago and the the athletic wrote a story on me. It was a complete hit job and and I actually went to them and asked them to write the the my side of the story and they said sorry we're too busy we can't no, do it there's so no there's, there's no accountability there's no accountability in media orders that keep sending that sending it out on twitter that all the, the tim peel goes after teenage refs it's a bunch of bs continue to do it if that makes you feel good but listen it, it, listen i think 50 percent, 50 percent that you see from the media you can believe and that's a that's a terrible thing 50 yeah. percent you believe 50 percent is bs you know, all you got to do, all you got to do is is just go look at go look at the interview that UFC and oh you know, Dana White said about the media and writers. Just right. just go look at that. All, that's all you have to do. And I think he says it all in one clip. So we'll leave you know, it at that. I think one, you know, I, one I, last. I, no, does does the media at some point? Make Connor McDavid think, do I really want to play here? Do I really want to have to deal with this every day? When I look at Matthew Kachuk with his with his toes in the sand in Florida, and he's got and he's not getting harassed by the media or asked. It's actually a really good question because like, at what point does he go? You know what? I don't need this. I think this. I think losing is the first big problem that Connor McDavid had would have. Uh, I think. Um, uh, style of living uh, would be another, yeah. um, but I think what would be the 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 straw that broke the camel's back would be the intense media drama that is surrounding Connor McDavid, Edmonton. I mean, even Toronto Canadian media, because unfortunately they have a very keen ability to dig and dig and annoy and annoy. By the way, they can write great stories too. They can make you, they can make you bigger. So sure. it just seems that the stupidity questions come out more and they try to create controversy out of your answers and then they will they will misconstrue your words into a headline that will make people read their stuff and it's an absolute con job. And unfortunately, that's the world we live in today. And just just go look at Dana Dana White's Dana White's clip. You'll just you will get it all all in one sentence. Um, all right. So enough about bashing the media. I've done it my whole life. This is probably why both of us are kind of a little bit banned from everything. But you know what? Who cares? <laughs> We're honest. And unfortunately, they're softies. They're softies. They don't like it. They're 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 like millennials. They're the pajama boys. Can't say anything bad about them. God forbid. God yeah. forbid. But um, we're going to see what kind of pajama boy Patrick Lyonet is. Is, is Patrick Lyonet a pajama boy or is he not a pajama boy? Because he's in some hot water down there in Columbus. 
couple games ago, he got sat in the third period, both him and, and Rob Goudreau, which is a statement. And we have talked about this on this on our podcast, Tim. When is old coaching going to come back into play? When are we going to see some old-style mentality where guys are getting chastised, guys are getting punished, guys are get, having consequences for the way that they play? Well, in Columbus, the coach did just that. And he sent a message by sitting Rob Goudreau and Patrick Laine in the third period a couple games ago and then putting Patrick Laine in the press box and making him a healthy scratch the first time in his career, which, as Patrick Laine said, was the most embarrassing thing that he has ever gone through. So what is going on with you know, Patrick Laine? You know what? I uh, I don't know if, if Pascal Vincent is going to be able to keep this up I, I i've been listening to different people the last couple of days and they're like to your point i i get it okay like that's the way when you played and when other you know not that not even that long ago that's the power that coaches had and they set them and so on but now what happens is i guarantee you lonnie lanny's patrick lana has been on with his agent and i wouldn't be surprised why? but why because they can't Again, this is this is what drives me crazy. Okay, this is what drives me crazy. You're not playing well. Okay, maybe you're hurt. He's only played nine games, but you're not playing well. And your coach sends a message to you by sitting you in the press box, and all of a sudden you now you want to go to your agent and you're gonna whine and cry and say I don't like it here. I don't want to play here. No, that's what's the problem with these kids today. That's the problem in sports today is because they're two big pajama boys. They are all babies. They're all babies. They are all entitled. And as soon as something goes wrong with them, they sit there and they go, well, 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 I want to go someplace else. Now, I want to see Patrick Lyon. And by the way, I, I really enjoyed the way Patrick Lyon handled the question in front of the media because he said, I don't want to say too much. I'm embarrassed. It's the worst, worst thing that's happened to me in my career. I'll deal. Let's just get back to playing. Now I want to see how he plays. Now right. I want to see if he goes out there and he puts an honest effort into the game. Because if he goes out mopes and, and pouts and continues the same style of play, then we know exactly who Patrick Lyonet is. And he's only 25, Tim. Mm -hmm. And if he if he whines and pouts, I don't think there's going to be anybody that's going to touch him with a, with a 10-foot pole for any kind of big money the rest of his career. You know, does, does Vincent, when he set Johnny Goodrow – does he does okay let me ask you this does pascal vincent have enough um credibility enough enough money you know money in the bank or you want to uh uh phrase it that he's got enough power that he can sit those guys because he is a brand new coach. coach he he's is a brand coach. new coach so you're he's, not talking you're not talking about a, a a veteran coach here you're talking about a coach his first co head coaching job does is he going to lose that team by coaching by coaching this way? Again, again, he shouldn't because he's the coach. Correct. He's supposed to do what he's supposed to do. So what you're saying is now you what you're saying is that the league has gotten so soft and coaches now have to be on pins and needles and eggshells and they can't do things that are going to help the team do what they're supposed to do win hockey games that's what they're meant to do and when they're not playing the right way you can't you can't you, you can't give them more ice time you can't reward them with 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 continuing to let them go down the same path because that's irresponsible as a coach and i don't care if it's him being a first year coach or an interim coach or it's a coach that's been around for 20 years it, the, the mentality of a coach is to get this teammate team to play the right way and win i'm i'm not i'm not arguing with you but guess what that's why pierre luke dubois wanted out of columbus when he played there for tortorella because he didn't like torts style i agree with you i'm not saying it's right that they're that that the coach doesn't you know he should have this power but the reality is in the game the way it is and to your point about them being soft pierre luke dubois wanted out of columbus because of okay, look, look 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 where pierre luke dubois is right now he's in la and he's and he's now done that twice and right. there's a lot of people who have now lost a lot of respect for for dubois and they also question his heart and his dedication and his loyalty to the teams that he plays for yeah 
Well, now he's in LA and he's, you know, he's doing okay. I mean, he's not, he's not the, the great player that we're, we're all thinking he's going to be, but again, all I'm saying is I don't know if Vincent has the same jam or the same credibility that a, that a John Tortorella does. Cause I'll tell that, you what, I'll tell yeah. you what, I'll tell you what, if it works, guess what? This guy's going to have a job for a long time. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. And you know, it's maybe it might be worth the risk to make this statement and make the statement with the top guys. I mean, Line has got nine games. He's got two goals and one assist, and he's minus six. You yeah. can't tell me that that's acceptable for yeah. guys making eight and a half, nine million dollars. It's totally not acceptable. And Johnny Goudreau is not much better point wise. So you know what? Good on Pascal Vincent. Maybe he says, you know what? I'm going to do it my way, and if it works, it works, and if it doesn't, I can at least look myself in the mirror and say I did it my way. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Now Patrick Lyonet needs to show that he cares. Yeah, he does. And he has to do more in a game that he would normally do because he's kind of lazy. He's yeah. not a he's not a drop your head and grind it out sort of guy. No. He's not a digger. He's not a fast in your face gut gut working guy. He's a finesse. He's an opportunist. You know, if the puck gets turned around and goes the other way, he'll skate back, but he won't bury his head and no. drive his ass back to make a play. He won't do it, but no, you know what? He better do it now because now he's under the radar. He's under the microscope. And if he doesn't react the right way, not only is that going to be bad for Columbus, but it's going to be bad for Patrick Lyonet because the stock is going to drop immensely. So I would highly suggest that Patrick Lyonet forget about being embarrassed and get mad and angry and climb on top of the table and stomp your, stomp your chest and get mad rather than crawl under the table and pout and call your agent and ask for a trade. We'll see what happens, but it's going to be very interesting to see the reaction of Patrick Lyon after this. And the Columbus fans deserve better, JR. I, I worked the first game ever oh, there. What a great, what a great, great, build, great building. Uh, you know, John Davidson, I, I cannot sit here and criticize the organization, even though they haven't done a lot. And I'm, I'm, Full disclosure, I'm friends with John Davidson. I have a tough time criticizing John Davidson. John Davidson's a tremendous man. I'm well, hoping they can turn things they done. Look what they've done. I mean, you can you can you can say all you want about the team. They went out and got Patrick Line, who who a 40 goal scorer. That's tried to make the team better. They signed Johnny Robin Drove. Okay. Yeah. They brought in some good players. They've they have done a good job. And you're right. The fans there are fantastic in Columbus, right? And it's a it's a nice place to live. I mean, they're not a great team, but they've done some good things over the last couple of years. Look what they did to Tampa in the first round a couple of years ago, took out the top team in the league. There is roots there. And it, they just they, – they're a lot like Buffalo, right? They could play really good one day and just a totally different team show up the next there's just no consistency. And maybe the coach is trying to get the team to be more consistent by making a statement with the top guys. And I think it's right. I give him credit. Yeah. Let's see if it works. Let's, let's see if it works. Right. We'll see if it works. Hey, speaking of top guys, I got to ask you a question. And this is kind of, uh, I might get, I might get a lot of crap about this, but I was watching the Chicago Blackhawks Buffalo Sabres game the other day. Um, let me just po before I tell you what happened, I'm going to pose this question to you and I want you to be totally honest with me. Okay. Um, do you think that Connor Bedard is nervous and a little bit, a little bit scared on the ice playing this early in his career? He looks nervous and, and you and I have had, you know, it's well documented in our other podcasts that we have kind of different views sometimes. So you're a little harder on him. Maybe I'm too soft. Um, but yeah, you know what? He he looks nervous out there. He looks like he maybe I don't want to. I don't know if it intimidated is the right word, but he looks like a great word actually. That's actually the word that I would use first before scared. I would use intimidate. That's a great yeah. word. Yeah, he doesn't look like Sidney Crosby did when he came in the league. Sid didn't look intimidated. He was engaged. He was he was in your face. He would give it back to players. You and I have discussed this. We're not asking Connor Bedard to get out, go out and fight, but you also need yeah. to yeah. you also need to stick wants, up. But I, but I do want to see more. I do want to see more energy, some more energy from him. I want to see more facial 
facial um, expression from him. Right. He's playing better. He's playing better over the last 10 games. Obviously, he's scoring more goals. His last couple games has just been average, but it was his last game against Buffalo. And if there's something that happened in, this, in the first period, or it might have been the third. Connor Bernard's coming down the boards, just in front of the boards. Okay, just before he goes over the blue line, he sees Owen Power coming at him and closing him off. Connor Bernard pulls up and just throws the puck aimlessly to the middle and just like kind of jumps out of the way. Doesn't even make a move to try to go around him or plow through him or go skate by him or chip the puck into the corner and jump around. He literally put the snow brakes on and just threw the puck wildly away and gave up the puck. And what that tells me is that he is nervous. He's a little bit, he's a little bit intimidated. He doesn't want to get hit because the same play happened against Florida in almost the same position. He came over the blue line, he went in, and he got tattooed by the by the defenseman of Florida. And it lit, led into a brouhaha. And then and then Matthew Kachuk comes in and starts punching Bedard. And you know what Bedard does? He just turns away and he doesn't even look at Matthew Kachuk in the eyes. He just turns away. There's no, there's no bark back. There's no facial expressions. It's almost like he turns around like he wants no part of any kind of altercation, whether it's physical or verbal. Now I understand that he's, listen, he's only 5'10", 165 pounds maybe. He looks like he should be a freshman in high school. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of things that are going against Connor Bedard in terms of this early part of his career. And he's going to be great. I, I, I'm not being hard on the kid because I think he's he's very good. I think he's going to be very good, but he has some growing that he needs to learn how to do very early. And if he keeps turning his back and if he doesn't show any bark back or any bite or any jam, okay, or if he keeps pulling these little snow, these snow breaks and pulling out of these, these possible hits, he's going to get a reputation that he can get pushed out. Yeah, no, you're you right. You don't want that. You don't want that, Tim. No, you're right, and I don't know how old you are when you you were when you went to the Quebec Major Junior League. But you've got you know junior hockey. You've got 16 year olds that are playing against 18, 19 year olds. That's got to be intimidating. You're dealing with Connor Bedard, who's 18, playing against 30 year olds, 35 year olds. That's got to be intimidating. I agree with you a thousand percent. I'm a huge Austin Matthews fan, but I hate it when things get rough and he gets a smirk on his face and he he turns his head kind of like what Connor's doing. I don't want Connor to do that. We're not asking him to fight. We're just saying show some oh, show, back. Show, back. Show some grit. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Marchand went after Connor Bedard in game two. Literally went after him, was was taking him into his bench, was giving it to him. And and Bedard literally didn't do anything. Didn't change his facial expressions, didn't look at him, didn't say something. I mean, at least turn to him and yell a profanity at him and tell him to go go to hell or do something or chop his stick. There has to be a reaction. And, and I know, and listen, I know Connor Bedard is going to be great. There's no question he is great, but he's going to be better. And early in his career, he's got to feel his way through these situations and understand the pace, the speed, the size, the strength. He will get better, but he can't wait too long. He's, no. he's got to understand that he's got to have a little, little bit of snarl in him. You know, his childhood hero was Sidney Crosby. You watch Sidney Crosby when he played. He... He he wouldn't take that shit at all. Like, Crosby has as much snarl as anybody. Exactly. Like look, be- look at how look at how animated he is in the game. He's Absolutely. barking at the refs. He's barking at the players. He's barking at other guys. He's barking at his own team. You know what, buddy? It might not be in his personality. It might just be who he is. Like it might. You know, you can't paint, paint uh, stripes on a tiger or whatever that expression is. Maybe that's just who he is, and and we may never see that part of him. That might be the reality of it. Give me a player that has reached superstardom, especially a generational player, who hasn't shown right. that, that kind of grit, kind of a snarl, kind of a of, of a bite back. No, I agree. Connor yeah. has it. Connor has it. You see it in his face. Yep. He's barking and yelling. He chops. Yeah. Sidney Crosby does it. Alex Ovechkin does it. I mean, even you see Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane. They, 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 they're barking. They're, Absolutely. they're chopping. You know, Stamkos, McKinnon, name a player that's a superstar yep. 
yeah. that doesn't have snarl. Yeah, yeah. Whether you know, they're not there. or the other players, whatever. I agree. I agree. They're not there. So listen, I, you know, I'm I'm hoping for Connor Bedard. I really am. You know, I, I hope because I'm obviously a Chicago Blackhawk fan. I want to see that team do well. But I, I like the way he's progressing. But I see I see certain things that come into his game that kind of get me a little bit nervous. I'm not jumping ship on the Connor Bedard no. train. I'm not jumping off the Connor Bedard train. But I'm just I hope he sees this, and I hope he says, you know what? Thanks, Jr. You yeah. know, because yeah. he's got a lot of guys around him that are going to protect him. He doesn't right. have to fight. No. All he's got to do is show some bite, show some snarl, show show some give back, and guys will respect that. They're not going to go after him. He doesn't. He does not want to be known as a guy that can get pushed out of a game. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing him. I haven't seen him live yet. So I'm going to see him in a couple of weeks. I'm going to be in Chicago, and the Blues are there. I'm going to take my son to the game. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see if it changes. Like I say, we've talked about it. he's 18 years old. Let's uh, let's let him get through this year, get his feet wet, and and uh, we'll 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 reevaluate. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But you know, it's it's been a lot of it's been a lot of crazy stuff, man. A lot of crazy stuff. And there's a crazy thing happening up in Toronto right now. And Toronto has a big problem on their hands. They have a big problem on their hands because they have an amazingly high salary cap that is absolutely consumed by four or five players. And now they have probably the second best player on that team. Absolutely lighting it up. William Nylander is lighting it up right now on a crazy point streak, just went over to Sweden and just lit up the Swedish the Swedish arenas, scoring a couple overtime games and taking this league by storm right now. And what's Toronto going to do with a guy like William Nylander when you have Marner, you have Tavares, you have um, Matthew, Matthews. I mean, it goes on and on. What What's going to happen with this kid? You know what? I'm excited to uh, to see what happens because you would have played against Michael Nylander, Williams' father, yeah. right? Actually, we had, this, we had the same agent for many years until he dropped him. And I and, and I remember one thing: he, my, Michael Nylander uh, dropped our our agent. We had the same agent. I was so mad at him. It was right before right before the 2002 Olympics. And I remember he's playing for Sweden and we're on the ice at the same time. And I'm like looking for the opportunity to light him up. He comes around, he makes a little, I, I see him coming down the boards. He's going to make a little button hook. And I know he is. So I come up from behind him. He makes that button hook. And as soon as he does, I go, boom. And I just lay a elbow and a shoulder into, into Michael Nylander's head. And he just goes flying. And I remember skating away going, that was the best feeling that I've had in a long time is knocking Nylander's head off because he, he dropped our same agent. I thought that was really disrespectful, but a very good hockey player. Michael. He was. I love seeing him in the stands there in Sweden. But you're right about William. He kind of took some criticism. Do you remember the Tampa series a couple of years ago? Uh, the puck went in the corner and he he slowed down. He didn't want to go get it. He didn't want to get hit. And and William Nylander was kind of is he too soft to play? I'm telling you this this kid when this trip to Sweden might have been the best thing for his career because he just completely took off. I'm so impressed with him. And right now, to your point, he is the second best player. He's better than Marner right now. So do they have to trade Marner? Because there's no way that they're going to be able to. So, that's what I said this morning. I said the same thing on after the whistle with uh, with Reve and Peters this morning. I'm like, they got to get rid of Marner. And Craig goes, you're going to get rid of a hundred point guy. I'm like, what are your options? Because they, they can't get rid of Tavares. He's going to get twelve million a year, eleven, twelve at least. Don't you not think? Not there. Not in Toronto. Not with Marner there, not with Matthews there, not with Tavares there, not with O'Reilly there, not with Riley there. There's there's no room. There's no cap space. You can't do it. So there has to be something. Now, I think think Nylander is putting himself in a situation to be able to pick where he wants to go. Keenan asked, when when is his contract up? He's a free agent after this year. Correct. I mean, he, he can pick where he wants to go. And I'm telling you right now, it's not going to be Toronto. You don't think he'll resign there? I can't see them. I yeah, can't. See them. He, he, got, he, 
he's on pace for for eleven and a half million dollar contract next year. You can't do that with Marner making ten. You can't do that with with Matthews making thirteen and a half. You can't do that with Tavares making eight and a half. Well, you're, you're assuming seventy five percent of your cap space on five guys. Can't. But I I agree with what you said to uh, Craig and and Andrew Peters that you got to trade Marner. Then you ha- you can't. I- I'm sorry, you can't trade William Nylander. I I love I love Mitch Marner. Well, listen, Marner. listen. I Planer, Planer, they're not. He's not going to Detroit. Planner, he's not going to Detroit. He probably go. To, he might go to Chicago to play with Bedard. That I mean, that's a possibility. But listen, if they trade, if if they come to a point where they see that. William Nylander is going to be wanting major money like this. You have Tavares who has a no trade. You have Marner that has a no trade. So you're going to have to go to them and try to get them to lift those no trades or at least expand to a certain amount of number of teams that they will go to. Not only that, but you'll have to pay in Tavares' situation, probably part of his contract. So you have a a whole skew of, of possibilities, but obstacles with those two players. You mean to tell me that if Toronto can't do anything with that, either of these players come trade deadline, that they wouldn't take an opportunity to maybe go out and make a blockbuster deal with somebody to get a couple first round picks, a couple real solid core players that a Michael Nylander would get back in a trade and really make a statement on where they're going in the next couple of years. And knowing he's probably not going to be here next year. We don't want to give him up for nothing. I mean, that's going to happen. It might be that situation. Yeah, the the Jonathan Tavares contracts really handcuffed them, and I and and Jonathan Tavares is a point again for a guy. But he's been great. You can't say bad things about Jonathan. He's a he's a world class, first class person, first class guy. But you know, he's he's not he's not going to be the guy that gets you over the top right now. No, he's not. No, he's not. So it's going to be interesting to see because I, I just can't see. Them not finding a way to resign Nylander. You gotta find a way, Jr. Like it's just the guy is an incredible. I know you gotta find a way, but some, but somebody's gotta go. Somebody's gotta go. So why do you say it would be Mitch Marner? Because I kind of agree with you. I agree with you. And if you look in the playoffs over the last four years, Marner's done nothing. Well, last year, Marner had 13 points in nine games or 10, or 10 games, 11 games. How many other games they played? 12 games. He almost he had a point a game. But just like Matthews, they have a couple big games where they have three or four points. Then they go pointless for a few games, and they have another big game. Their points are stacked, so they're not consistent in the playoffs. William Nylander last year was the team's best player in the playoffs by far Fair and enough. he's most consistent over the last three years so there comes a point like mitch marner i, I remember mitch marner took a, a load of crap from the media and the fans for literally being on the golf course the day after they got knocked out of the playoffs kind of like oh well we lost let's go play golf so that's in that's kind of in yeah. his in their heads i think mitch marner you can get a ton back for Mitch Marner. And I think he can survive without a Mitch Marner. Does it suck not having a Mitch Marner? Of course it does. Yeah, I agree. I think you can survive without Mitch Marner. And to your point though, you can't you can't sign Nylander because the, the rest of your team is going to be crap around you. You're going to be paying everybody the league minimum. So one of those guys has to move. It's not going to be, it's obviously not going to be Matthews, not going to be Tavares. I don't think it's Tavares if if Trelevin's able to pull something off where he can get rid of Tavares and keep Nylander, then then good on him. But it'll be. I would love, I would love if, if there's if there's one of the one of the one of the crew watching that are in our chat group right now that has an opinion about Toronto, has an opinion about who should go. Knock on, give a little knock here on the board. Would love to to see what other people think. Maybe a fan of Toronto and watch them a little bit more than we do um, that would have an opinion on, on what should happen. It's, it's, it's a tough situation. There's no question that Toronto Maple Leafs are going to be in trouble. It's by the way, it's one of the reasons um, what's his name left um, over the summer. Um, He's in Pittsburgh now. What's the old GM's name? Um, 
Dubis. Uh, Dubis. Kyle Dubis. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kyle Dubis was smart. I mean, he got out of Dodge because he knew that he had created a massive problem Correct. in Toronto with not much in the in the tank back in the in the minor league system and knowing that he is over cap spaced with five or six guys and it's going to be very hard to get out of that in the next couple of years so Dubis made the right choice by bouncing ship but now he's left it in somebody else's hands and i don't know if it's fixable i don't i don't either that's the problem and i agree with you that he he He's created a problem there, and he he jumped out at the right time, and we've seen that happen in other sports with other with other franchises and that. And he, uh, you know, whether him and Shanahan had had their differences or not, really is inconsequential. But he, uh, there's a it's a problem. It's a problem. How are you going to resign him? And Brad Treleving's a great GM, but it'll be interesting to see, buddy. But uh, well, listen, hey, good good for Matthew Nylander, though. Good for him for stepping up and playing Brilliant. the way they play. Yeah. And and, yeah. and of course, of course, it's a contract year. And you know, a lot of these kids these days, they have big years when it's their contract year. They get it going. That's never changed. That's been going on forever. You got all you guys, all you guys played well in your contract year. Do you remember? Do you remember Alexander Semen? S E M I. Goodness gracious. Do you remember this fraud? You remember this phony of a hockey player? Before you, before you say anything else, I can't believe that you just brought that name up. I use him as an example all the time. When I say to people, I go, I do not understand why GMs do not maybe ask the referees, what do you think of this guy? Alexander, <laughs> no, Alex, it's true. Alexander Semin played in Carolina. Jim Rutherford gave him five times five, which was a lot of money back then. Okay. Alexander Semin, I could look in, into his eyes and tell when this season's over, he cannot wait to go back to Russia. He doesn't want to play in the playoffs. He just wants to get his money and go back to Russia. That is so funny you brought that name up because I use that as an example all the time of why GMs don't ask us for our opinion. Twice. Twice Alexander Semin in his contract year had monster years. And twice after, the year after, he was an absolute dud of a bust. And the last last one was the biggest. Five years, five million bucks. He got conned Carolina into signing him and the guy couldn't even put his skates on the right foot. It was oh, terrible watching this guy. Play. I love it. He was brilliant. He he knew exactly what he was doing. It was fantastic. Oh, it, it, it didn't it didn't bode well for Carolina and it gave no. us some really good content. Uh, speaking right. of referees, when you talk about referees asking referees about certain things, I gotta ask you a question because this is this was posed to me to ask you this. Mm-hmm. You know, there's fights. There's been a lot of fights in the National Hockey League yeah. this year, more than we've seen in a long time. So obviously, there's a little bit of little bit of hatred going on. I think there's a little bit more of a of a of a competition moving on between some of these tougher guys. But when when these guys are in fights, right? When you guys are referees or the linesmen are sitting there, what's the protocol for you guys to to stop them, to let them go? When do you jump in? How dangerous it is! It have, have you gotten punched in the face? Like yep. there's so many things that happen in fights that a lot of people wonder. Like, why do they let them fight? What do they say to each other? How dangerous is it in there? You've yep. been in there. What's it like? Yeah. No, it's the best. I love it. There was a good fight in the Florida Edmonton game. Deharnay from Edmonton, and I forget the Florida player, big kid, uh, fairly new to the league, and they went at it. And the protocol is. You know, when you played, for example, if Ty Domi picked on Jeremy Roenick, then the linesmen are jumping in. But if Ty Domi's squaring what off, is it? I can't, I can't handle myself. Well, you know, I know you could, but they, I'd, be saying, but I'd be saying, I'd be like, all right, come on, Ty, let's go, let's yeah, go. Yeah. Come here. Come on, come on. <laughs> but no, it's 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 uh, you know, it's kind of it's changed a lot because we don't have those predominant tough guys like we used to have. You know, twenty. 10, 15, 20 years ago. It, it really is. If if a tough guy, uh, Ryan Reeves is fighting uh, whoever, uh, and and they're, it's, they both want to go, let him go. But as soon as somebody 
you the linesmen they they're trained and it's kind of hard to explain but if mm-hmm. if they they know if somebody's going to get seriously hurt then it's their job to get in and things really changed in the last couple of years where do you remember years ago you could take your helmet off in a fight you'd see that all the time yeah. well they they implemented a rule that that's a, now a, a minor penalty so you can't take your your helmet off because they don't want you and I fighting, we take our helmets off, we fall down, we hit our head on the ice and bad things obviously happen. So the protocol is if someone's getting seriously hurt, get in there. But if it's two guys that, that want to go and, and it, sometimes it's some, like I remember working games, you'd say to your partner at the next TV timeout, said we needed that fight. Because things were starting to get off the rails, the intensity was 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 the you know the the heat was rising in the game. It was getting chippy, and all of a sudden, two heavyweights come out and they fight, and it kind of calms everything down, and you go back to playing hockey. So sometimes it's good for the game. I love that. I love that we kind of got away from it the last couple of years. But to your point, the fighting majors are up this year, and that's good to see. That's good for our game. It shows that the the that we're only in November and that it's, it's people are already feeling the pressure of making the playoffs and, 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 and staying in the lineup and so on. So I love it. I can see this guy throwing the gloves. I can see oh, I did. I did when I played hockey. If he takes those glasses off, I think Keenan's going to be throwing the gloves left, right and center. Right. Keenan. Yeah, I did when I played hockey, I played for 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I listen. I hey, listen. By the way, your Calgary Flames are playing pretty good right now. They're starting up to be on a roll. Jonathan Huberto is actually woken up. He's like actually scored some goals right now. Jared, Jared, remember I'm an Oilers fan here. I I'm know. Listen, you see the oh. Calgary behind. I can't talk about the Oilers because oh, by the way, that's even that would be even better. So, what do you think of what do you think of that question that was posed to Connor Connor McDavid? And the little banter that my boy gave him. Absolutely stupid. It's, I mean, guy just lost the game, and that's the first thing you ask him, how he feels. He'd rather give up, like, all these goals. What's he supposed to say? And good on you, Tim, for calling him out, because I hate all his bullshit. Sorry for swearing. But, like, he's a terrible writer, and he talks about writing for 35 years, good rights. He drives players out of Edmonton. He did that with Puyarvi. He Pugliar, he would write articles and articles finding, yeah, Pugliarvi wasn't the best player, but he's constantly on the guy. So, I mean, he really needs to well, get I, a check. And Keenan, I didn't realize it until I saw the the clip when, when he asked him that question. Connor looked at him and said, you really like this question. So I, I don't, I guess he's asked it to him before. Um, so that's, you could see the frustration in Connor's voice and face, you know. Yeah, exactly. And he he he's the same one who asked Woodcroft, how do you feel about your job? Are you worried about your job? Like, it just shows what kind of a person he is. He's not that nice of a guy to deal, I'm sure, with players. And he he's he's one of the more well-known. Thankfully, he wasn't the one who made the comment to Dreisaitl about why are you so pissy? But at the same time, just shows kind of person he is, right? They are S-H-I-T disturbers. That's what they are. Yeah. And for me, myself, who wants to get into journalism, I'm hoping if I ever make something out of it, I'm not like that for sure. If you ever go into it, if you ever go into a locker room and ask a player if they'd rather win 4-1 than 7-5, then I'm going to question why you're even in there myself. So, buddy, you're the best. We'll see you next week. Okay, pal? Oh, next week it is? Thanks, Keenan. So, JR, I don't have a problem with, you know what, I'm not a journalist. They do their job. They can do it however however they want. It's not going to affect my life, whatever. The only problem that I had was you're you're not allowed to be criticized. That's all. Is that you're not allowed to be criticized? Of course not. Like don't you know they have the power of the pen. Those guys rule everything. Those guys are what make us popular. It's them. It's not us. It's them. You know, it's it drives me crazy. But you know, again, I, I love your I love your comments about the referees and fighting. I, I think that's so intriguing because listen, there's been what's up, Reese? 
Hey, what's going on, JR? What's up, Pilsy? Happy Thanksgiving, boys. Yeah, you what's what's happening with you? What's what's on your mind? You heard some of our, our comments today, some of our topics. Are are we on the ball or are we like totally out to left yeah. field? Oh man, like with the whole thing with Toronto, you guys are spot on. And I've been trying to contemplate it myself after especially after listening to your points. And JR, you you hit it on the head. Like Toronto is in a no-win situation, regardless of how, because yeah, they're gonna they're gonna lose somebody one way or the other, but it's like yeah, with all the cap and stuff that they're gonna have it. It's, yeah, I actually see a bit even worse problems than what you and Pilsy pointed out. Well, I think their their easiest problem to solve, and it's a terrible situation for them, is what we said, Pilsy. Um, their best scenario could be a trade deadline move, a blockbuster move to where they can get something for him, because I think he's the only one that doesn't have a trade, a no trade clause in any of the of the big five. So that becomes Toronto's ace in the hole. Mm-hmm. Man, I, you know, I keep saying the same thing, but man, Peace, I, you're the best, buddy. We're gonna finish this up. I appreciate you coming on, man. I, I, I like that you agree with me too, man. You're the best. We'll see you next week. I agree with both of you. Thanks, yeah. Rock. I just can't see them letting William Nylander go, Jer. I don't know. Like God, I, I get well, you. What's worse? What's worse? What's worse? Letting trading him to trade deadline or not being able to come to terms with him because you're gonna want eleven and a half, twelve. And let, just letting them walk free in July. No, I know, I know. It's a, it's a Johnny Goudreau, Matthew Kachuk uh, all over again. You know what? It's, a, it's, it's going to be interesting. So, listen, uh, let's talk about uh, underachieving and overachieving. I want to talk about underachieving first. And there's four teams that I jotted down yesterday: Carolina. New Jersey, Mini, and Edmonton, of course. What is wrong with Carolina this year? A lot of people were predicting that they could make it to the Stanley Cup Finals this year. You no, know, I, I think this is my this is my 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 view on Carolina. They're not surprising anybody anymore. Mm-hmm. I think for the longest time, teams would go into Carolina, or Carolina would come into their building, and they're so well coached. And they they have good players, but they don't have – I don't think they have anybody that jumps off the paper to you. Um, and I think now that they they have played so well over the last couple of years, the teams are now really preparing for them. Mm-hmm. They're ready for them. I, I watched Carolina play in Anaheim um, a few few weeks back, and Anaheim just ran them right out of the building because they, they just weren't – Carolina wasn't prepared. Anaheim was ready for this team coming in, and they just blew them out of the building. Um, they have some really good players on this team, Carolina, but I don't think – I just don't think that they're putting it together right now. I think they will. I think Rod Brindamore is probably frustrated to all hell right now, um, and I think they they just have to get back to what's made them really good, and that's being a, playing a hard team game because I think they're a little loosey-goosey right now. I think they're a little full of themselves. Uh, a lot of people talking about them being one of the better teams in the league, and I think that's getting into their heads. And I think defensively, they've been very lackluster. And what happens is they they're not prepared to start games, and they find themselves two or three goals behind before they start to play well. And you just can't do that in this league. Well, and and our good buddy, uh, Billy Guerin, you know, he uh, – he doesn't say much, but when he does, people take notice. And he criticized his team the other day before they they had a team meeting before they headed over to uh, to Sweden. And that's a team that that obviously is is underachieving. Uh, New Jersey, I don't get New Jersey. You know, uh, they. I think there's there's again another situation where you have a very young team who's listening to the media, who had a great year last year. Everybody's talking their praises. And they're just they're just let their foot off the gas, and you, you can't do that. You you have to throw the pedal down, right? When you're in that situation, uh, they they gave up a couple really good good end defensemen in New Jersey, and I think that's hurt them a little bit defensively. They're giving up more goals this year than they than they have in the last couple of years. They can put the puck in the net, obviously with Hughes and 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 the boys, but 
Yeah, because uh, didn't they have didn't they have Graves and Severson? Severson? Yeah. 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 Okay. Edmonton is eight points out of a playoff spot uh going into tonight's games. Can they're gonna, they, they're gonna lose tonight again in Carolina. They're gonna lose again tonight. Can they make the playoffs with their current goaltending situation? No. Who do uh, they who do they get though? What does Kenny Holland or Jeff Jackson do? Because you just sent Jack Campbell down that in a second year of a five times five deal, your starter is Stuart Skinner, who I actually thought a lot of him last year. I thought this kid's going to be good for whatever reason. He's not bringing it. What do they do, Jr.? Where do they? There aren't any goalies out there. Where do they? Get, well, I, think, I think as a team, you got to you got to support your goaltender a little bit more. You got to play more of a team team game defense. And that's one thing that that Edmonton has not been able to do this year. First of all, they're not scoring enough on the back end. Okay, they're not getting any really good second, I mean, third and fourth line contributions, and right. they're not getting good defensive contributions on the on the goal side, which you obviously need a little bit too. But they they don't play a consistent four line, strong defensive core team that protects the goaltender. They right. let them out to dry way too many times. That puck ends up in the back of the net too many times. Too many, too many odd man rushes. Too many guys that just are are making the wrong plays. And it's consistent. It's consistent. Um, do, they, do they make the playoffs? Well, uh, you know the stat. I think it's seventy-eight or eighty percent by American Thanksgiving, and we're American yeah, Thanksgiving. Yeah, time. you know what? I I think. I think Connor McDavid is so good. I think Leon Dreisaitl is so good. I think Nugent Hopkins is going to get off his his uh, his his. I, I feel better. Well, what's that? Andrew Kane's been playing better too. They need Andrew him to go better. Hyman's having a good year. I think I think this new coach has got to go in there and stress defensively team defense. I think if he does that, I think they'll make a run. And yes, I think, I think they'll squeak in late in the season. I do think they will. It'll be interesting to see because the way I see it right now, it's win one, lose one, win two, lose two. Who your, who your, who your, who your surprise teams. Philly is playing some great hockey. I never saw them at 10, seven and what 10, seven, one. It's awesome. It's awesome to see. I love I, I'm a big Torts fan. You know, I, I, I told you stories before of Torts and I. I know, love Torts. I, I love him. And uh he's as old school as it gets. I could screw up a call. I go over to the bench, I go, John, I, I'm sorry, I, I saw it the wrong way. He goes, No problem, Timmy. Like he yeah. is as good as it gets. I love him. Some players don't like playing for him, but guess what? He makes people accountable, he's making those players yeah. accountable. You want to hear? I don't know if you heard the story as a referee, but John Tortorella had one of the best bench uh, coach to referees um, encounters. Now I was standing right there for it. So the ref comes over, and I, I believe it was Chris Rooney. I want to think it was Chris Rooney, and he made it. He just just missed a call, and he missed a couple calls. And there's a commercial break, and Chris, and uh, and uh, Tortorella calls Chris over to the bench, and he's yelling and screaming at him, and yelling and screaming at him, and and Chris goes, and the referee, I think it was Chris Rudy, says, um, you better slow down, Torrell, or I'm going to give you a penalty. And he goes, oh, yeah, sure, give me a penalty. He goes, he goes well, you're going to give me a penalty if I think you're an effing a-hole? Yeah. And, and Chris goes, no, I can't give you a penalty for thinking anything. And George goes, good, because I think you're an effing a-hole. <laughs> I thought it was the greatest line of all time. You know, this what? Vintage, vintage torts, right? I thought that was just awesome, but I will tell you what I think. I'll tell you what I think the difference is in in Philly. They got Keith Jones is now up up top as the yep. president. They got Daniel Briere, who is the GM. Those yep. are two guys that played for Philly. They yep. brought in John Leclaire. They brought in a couple other ex team, uh, ex Philadelphia Flyer guys to 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 work it with the team on the team that have the flyer mentality that wore that flyer crest that know what it is to be a flyer. And I think those guys are going onto the ice and having to come off accountable to the guys that played before them. And I think it's really resonating with the guys that are playing because they're playing strong, physical, strong, good hockey. You know what? It, 
that's a great point you brought up and a lot of people don't understand the importance of that of 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 the the culture of a team alexander steen was never the captain in st louis but he was the quasi captain okay everybody knew david mm -hmm. backus was the captain but it was really steener and doug armstrong and and alex has been over here from from finland quite a few times Al, uh, armies brought him in this year and I wouldn't be surprised if you see Alexander Steen as, as a GM in the next couple of years. It's important to have these guys in your organization yeah. for the culture so that these young guys coming up go, okay, this is this is what it's like. And uh, I'm, I'm with you on Jonesy and Briere. I think they're going to do a great job. Yeah. They got Pittsburgh, the right guy. Pittsburgh did it the best. Detroit did it. All the teams that won did it. Colorado did it. I, hey, listen, I was in Phoenix for 25 years. I was in Phoenix for 12 years after I retired. And that dumb organization never asked me once to do something for them to help them with that media, mediocre that exactly. mediocre organization. Right. I mean, like, come no, on, I'm man. I, no. I, literally lived, I literally lived two minutes from the practice arena. Don't you think you'd reach out with someone who's actually in the ring of honor that is, has had a career like I did, maybe come in and help our players? Zero. Some people don't get it, and no. some teams do. The Philadelphia Flyers get it, yeah, and that's right. why they're playing the right way. So good on good on management for, for bringing those guys in, and good on the players for playing the way that that is known to be a Philadelphia Flyer mentality. It's been yeah. so – I hope they keep it up. The other one is Washington. I'm surprised by Washington that, you know, if the playoffs started today, they're back in it. I think the first few weeks you and I were kind of down on Washington, no Backstrom, but they seem to be actually playing better without Backstrom. So it'll be interesting to see if they can keep it going. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that they well, can. I think they win tonight. I think they win tonight. Um, we need Obi in the playoffs. We need Sid in the playoffs. Those are the type of, you know, yeah, 100%. which leads us, which leads us to our end of our show. There is no games tomorrow, so there is no games on Tuesday. There is fourteen games tonight. This being Wednesday, no games on Thursday, and then Friday we have fifteen games. So the schedule is crazy. I don't know who's making these these schedules, but I kind of like it having fifteen games. So we're going to do our bet online. One of our great sponsors, Bet Online, where you can. Have the best odds. Go to find your best sport, your best opportunity to win some money. Thank you. You go to Believe, B-L-E-A-V, for a 50% coupon on your first bet. And we are going to give our best picks, especially our quality picks, for Friday. So I'm. And by the way, Blainer, you lost money last week, baby, because you went against us. Exactly. I took out against Vancouver. Bingo. I won. You took... Arizona in Columbus, Arizona won. Arizona won. So, Blainer, probably a good idea to listen to us tonight and put money into your pocket. Go to Bet Online and put in our picks that we're going to give you right now because we are hot. Go. I'm taking Florida. I think I'm really, you know what? We should, we, I wish we had more time, but I'm really impressed with, with Paul Maurice and how he's got this team playing right now, buddy. They, they, Ekled has been out of the lineup. Uh, one of their other defensemen's but out of the lineup. Florida has – they've. I didn't think they would carry on after the run that they had because they kind of bullied people in the playoffs last year, and I didn't know if they could keep that momentum going forward in, in, in this early in the season. Florida's looking great. I'm going to take Florida at home. It's a tough game. They're playing Winnipeg. Winnipeg's playing very well, but I'm going to take well. Florida at home. That's a great pick. I like that pick. And Blainer says he's going against us again. So oh, I, I, can't, I can't wait. I can't wait to see Blainer next week. And he's we're going to have to buy his beers for him next week in Cabo because he's, he's, he's going to be losing too much money. And Luch just said Flyers, Rangers. By the way, that's who, who I was going to pick. I was going to pick this game. Luch, I am so sorry, but I am going to go with the Flyers. I'm going to take – a underdog money line, a team that's playing well, is playing well at home. The Rangers, yes, they've been playing good too, but some for some reason, something about coming down the Jersey Turnpike in a bus or a train, however Rangers get there, it's a little bit different coming into Philly, knowing Philly's playing with some confidence. 
I am going to take the underdog and the Philadelphia Flyers against the New York Rangers on Friday. I don't know if you can take it to the bank, but it's going to pay you some good money. That's a ballsy pick, buddy. That's a ballsy pick, but I like it. Philly's a tough place, so. Well, you know it was ballsy. You know it was ballsy is you calling out a reporter last night, and I swear, just listen. Thank you for doing saying what you did, and listen, we did we did a good job tonight, and kind of telling the whole story. But it was a great show tonight. Way to do it. Way to bring the, the heat again, buddy. You were the best. Everybody, thanks for joining here on NoFilter.net. Snipes and stripes again. Ruffle some feathers.